I love all things skin and rejuvenation. I love to help the client figure out what to do at home and also what to do in clinic. I also love to teach the fellow aesthetic doctor, aesthetic nurse, and med spa owner how to do what I do as well. If you are an aesthetic practitioner, clinic owner, head on over to buildingyourbeautybrand.com where I have a free training, register for it, and you can also hop on a call with myself and a colleague and we can help support you in your quest to supporting others achieve and receive powerful rejuvenation outcomes. Again, if you are an aesthetic practitioner or med spa owner, head on over to buildingyourbeautybrand.com and I look forward to guiding you in helping you achieve and receive powerful rejuvenation outcomes for your patients in your clinic. Enjoy today's episode right here on the School of Radiance podcast. Welcome to the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist since 2011 with over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures performed. I'm an international clinical trainer for other physicians and nurses as well, celebrity skin expert, having been featured on some of the world's top proactive aging podcasts and much, much more. Learn more at rachelvarga.ca and enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm thrilled to be hanging out with you all today. And if you're joining us here live on Facebook and YouTube, be sure to leave your questions in the comment section and we will get to each and every one of them. In today's show here, we are going to learn about weight management and weight loss tips, which support slowing aging with Joel Evan. Now, Joel Evan and I had an opportunity to find each other in the social media network web. Uh, one of uh, two, one guy that Joel and I follow is uh, none other than Dave Asprey. We found each other in the comment section. We said something that resonated with each other. And here we go. This is friendship now in the year 2022 and beyond. We're finding like-minded individuals at just like this crazy astronomical rate. It's amazing. So I can't wait to share Joel with you all today. If you're new to the show here, welcome. My name is Rachel Varga. I'm a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist. And you're hanging out with me here on the show to learn about body, mind, spirit, energy optimizing strategies to help you age impossibly well, to cultivate beauty, to cultivate radiance. This is for the ladies and the gents and everyone who's really wanting to bring their brightest version forward for many years to come. Let me tell you a little bit about Joel, but before I do, I'd love for you to subscribe here on Facebook and YouTube and on the podcast and hit the bell notification so that you know when I go live. And if you want to get access to my live stream schedule so you can hang out with me live here and be in the energy and all that fun stuff, make sure you get on my newsletter over at rachelvarga.ca. And when you join the newsletter, you'll also get my free sophisticated skin cheat sheet download and treatment planning guide to help you optimize what you're doing with your skincare and at-home stuff like dermal rolling, peels, and all of that with wherever you are at budget lifestyle-wise and whether you're new to the skin optimizing journey. Joel Evan is a health coach and integrative health practitioner that helps his clients get to the root cause of their 
other issues, whether it's weight loss, gut health, or even something more serious like autoimmune conditions, so that they can start living the best version of themselves. Joel is also the host of the Hacked Life podcast. We got two biohackers in the house here. This is awesome. Where he's had the chance to sit down with some of the leading health experts in the world, such as our mutual friend David Asprey, Dr. Mandy Peltz, and Dr. John Jacquish. His motto is live healthy, live happy. I could not agree with that sentiment anymore. Welcome, Joel Evan. It's great to have you on the show. How the heck are you today? Man, after that in- intro, I'm feeling amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, it's just, you know, like you said earlier, it's just great to be connected with like-minded people. And I find it just so serendipitous. And that law of connection, the law of abundance, I'm a big believer in that. And all it was was a simple comment that I think I posted or I commented in yours and you commented back on mine. And now here we are. And so that is beautiful. And I'm just so grateful for you. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful for your energy. Really, I just want to acknowledge that, you know, being backstage and just setting that intention that we did before the podcast. That's just something really cool that I don't think a lot of people will do. And it just shows the kind of person you are. So, you know, thank you. Awesome. In case you're wondering what that intention intention is basically every time I bring a guest on the show, I set an intention that we be grounded, centered, balanced, and aligned for the call, and that we share insights that are going to benefit humans and also humanity in general. And when you're listening to the podcast, notice that we don't really talk in that high beta state where it's like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's like, that is not good for us. That's going to possibly lead to things like weight gain and cortisol dumping. So Take a deep breath, join us here, because the way that we're going to be sharing this, this uh, information to help you manage your weight, how we can slow our aging is going to be done in a way that is going to be calming and supportive and healing. And just a disclaimer, what we share here isn't medical information, it's educational information only. If you think you have a health condition or are looking to make lifestyle choices, you must check in with your physician first. So Joel, why don't we just kind of dive right in? You're a first responder, you know, busy lifestyle, you're a health coach as well. You got two kids. How are you having fun and enjoying life these days? You know, it's funny you say that. I mean, right now, I think one of, I mean, one of the ways I'm actually having fun is, is really just building my, my business. And it, it sounds like, you know, well, that's not fun. But I really, truly do love what I do. I mean, I love connecting with people. I love being on this podcast. I love these podcasts, right? I love sharing information. I love just connecting with people and really just helping people, you know, at, at a core level. And I so a lot of my fun is is building my business and just seeing where that's going to go because it's so new. It's novel, right? And I think humans, we crave that. So that novelty is is huge. And I mean, for me, I think in my spare time, though, it's like when I do have spare time, what that looks like for me is, is really just connecting with my kids, right? I just, my son just turned eight. He's my oldest. And then I got a a younger, younger boy who's four. And so I always tell people that if you don't have kids, you should have them (laughs) because before I had kids, I was extremely selfish. I didn't realize how selfish I was until I had kids. And the thing about it is they have taught me way more in life than any certification, any course, any seminar, like it's them. So you want to learn about presence? Go have some kids. (laughs) 
I wonder if I'll still be able to manage my 30 to 90 minute baths in the morning and the evening where I do my skincare, dermal rolling, get in my biohack and stack in, you know, red light therapy, <laughs> magnesium. Oh my gosh, seriously, my beauty slash biohacking routines in the morning at PM, those are sacred. Those are never going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk in let's talk in a couple of years. I want to see where you're yeah, at. Yeah. Well, I know I'm taking the time to do that now because I recognize <laughs> that when there's little ones, I might not have that luxury. So trust me, I'm absolutely reveling in it. But what kind of things do you guys do to bring joy in your life? Have you heard of that Ready Player One book? No. Tell me about okay, it. Okay. Well, there, there's a movie that was out as called Ready Player One. It's based on a book. And my husband and I, I, I do a lot of off-grid days, uh, four by fouring, something like that. We're in a cabin in the woods. I got a beautiful roaring fire going. He's reading his Ready Player Two book. And in the beginning of that book, the author says the whole point of being a human, I'm kind of summarizing, yeah. is to have fun and create a positive impact in your life and those around you. So tell me kind of how you are maybe weaving that into your life and your business and with your family. Yeah, you know, so it's interesting for us. Uh, so first of all, I just moved recently. So I moved in July. So, um, you know, I was in California, I was in San Francisco for, for many, many years. Um, so I just moved to the beautiful state of Idaho. And so I'm really just using that as kind of a springboard to getting out more, you know, uh, tomorrow, you know, we're actually going to go drive up to see some hot springs and just really, you know, get out in nature. I mean, that's something that, you know, being in the city being in San Francisco, you don't have that obviously, right? It's a different, it's a different vibe, the city vibe. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trash it, but you know, just, I mean, the difference between, um, that urban suburban, you know, life. And now, now I'm like, I mean, my backyard, it's like, I can see like potato fields. And so, I mean, it's just so much to explore here. And I haven't even, we haven't even like, you know, we haven't even like, touch the surface. Right. Um, so it's been nice just, you know, going out and connecting with nature. We went, you know, early on, we, we had a nice, you know, rafting trip on the Boise river and, uh, things like that moments like that, especially my oldest, he is really in tune with nature. And so it's big for him to get out and, and, and just watching my boys play. I think that's, that's huge. So yeah, getting out in nature has been something, a, a new one for us. That's awesome. Um, I'll kind of echo that. I've always been like an islander. I live on this really beautiful small island. I've always grown up going into the woods, camping, having fires, dirt biking, four by four, all that fun stuff. And taking apart motors so that when I'm in the bush and I get stuck, I can get myself out of a pickle because mechanical failures, unfortunately, do happen. But it's all kind of part of the like adventures. How can we do things that are going to kind of bolster our neuroplasticity, do things that challenge us, get us out of the city as well, electromagnetics. Uh, for, for all the biohackers out there, I got a ton of cool stuff behind me in my office here that helps me be my best version that you guys can actually find on my favorites page on my website at rachelvarga.ca. And one of the reasons, Joel, why I hand selected you to be on the show, I'm very observant, especially right now, of men who are exuding what's called radiance. And 
kind of what I'm unpacking is that I'm seeing men that are actually living their life's purpose. They feel like they're living a mission uh, and all of that. So I'm curious and that I really want to talk about like weight management and how we can, you know, maintain our beautiful body because we talk about body, mind, spirit, energy on the show here. But I'm really going to hyper focus on this concept of, of bodily care in just just a second here. But when you think of radiance, when you say, look at your your wife or your, your partner, and you maybe see other humans that have like this radiance quality to them, what would you say that that is to you? How would you describe radiance? Mm. When you said, so the first thing that popped into my mind when you when you said the word my wife, right? So I was thinking about that and like, what is that? What is that? What is that, what is that I'm drawn to, right? Um, and, and honestly, not to steal what you just said, but I really think that's what it is. Like that idea of stepping in to who you say you are and aligning with your higher self, aligning with your values and always connecting with that. Now, we know more than ever, like, and I think, you know, hey, we've seen a lot of things with throughout the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything. But one of the things that I say is that the pandemic has really taught us, I think, to really go deep it, for most of us. If you've chosen to go that way, then it has, right? But it's really forced us to find out what is valuable. What do we really value in life? And that was a gut check for my wife and I a couple of years back. Like, what do we really value? You know, my wife is Latina. She's very close to her family. And for us to leave like that, that was, you know, that was a tough move for her. And that was us though, talking, planning, and like really where, where are our values? What do we, what do we want for our kids? What do we want? What's that greater good? And I can tell you by far, like my wife has never stepped out of her, out of her values. And there's been times where she has reeled me back in. And there's times in the pandemic, you know, where maybe I felt like being caged and being closed and not knowing what, it, you know, it's scary. There's, there's moments of fear and not, uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the times that I have been bold, been brave, connected with my higher self and gone forward, even when I felt like I wasn't supposed to, something good has always happened. Always. And, and I just see that also with my clients too. It's like when you start connecting with your higher self and who you say you are, that energy is just, there's a vibration. There's a vibration in the world and you connect with that and you connect with other people. And it just, it's very like cyclical. I would say it just keeps on giving. It's the whole world of reciprocity, send and receive, right? right? I mean, if we're talking about love, there's that, that in connection, um, you know, new financial system, cryptocurrency, dare I say it <laughs> is all about send and receive and uh, lower fees, faster transactions. We'll see how that kind of plans out, but everything really is about sending and receiving Matter is neither created nor destroyed. It's merely transformed. So I love that. And thank you so much for sharing. And it's it's hard. There's been a lot of my friends, uh, clients that have relocated during these two years for whatever reasons to be in, in essence with community that they resonate with. So we're seeing a lot of people moving. I'm here in Canada as well. I'm literally like on a knife's edge of, you know, peacing out. But at the same time, we'll kind of want to stay here and fight and support and do what I can because one of my ethos as a nurse is to be an advocate for the community. And 
trust me, I have not forgotten that professional responsibility and sharing resources to help us all be our happiest, healthiest and brightest lives. You also have a background as a first responder. So I'm really curious how you're also navigating this. How does your background as a first responder impact how you work with your clients and also empathy during these wild times? <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. I think, you know, in general, first responders are very um, mistaken, right? I think there's a, there's a mystique to them and they're, and of course, you know, the media and everything we see in movies and we, we, we think we know what they're like. And so they're, there's there's a lot of just i would say there's a lot of myths and just things that are not true about them um usually the only the bad things right but one of the things that i have learned as a first responder and and here's the thing i just want to i'll just say you know uh i was i was a police officer so i would say this number one is i learned how to really talk to people like really really talk to people because and I would almost call it like salesmanship because my goal was, I don't want to fight these people because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a short career, right? I'm going to, I don't want to, I don't want to fight people. So, you know, there's a phrase where like, I would like to, I would rather talk you into handcuffs than ever have to use some kind of physical force. So, and that's, you know, for the most part, what I see most of my colleagues in the past, like that's pretty true. And so really learning how to talk to people, how to mirror them, how to, you know, at, at a at, at some level, right? Some sort of empathy, and you have to. And here's the here's the interesting thing, right? You you have to be very dynamic. You have to be very um, malleable as a first responder because you will go from one call, which is like maybe like say a shooting or something, right? And then the very next call, you're gonna go take a report for sexual assault. So you're gonna be in a hyper vigilant state where you have to turn it up. You have to be very like on your guard, be prepared for everything that might happen, right? Life or death. And then the next call, you got to drop it down. You have to be able to connect with this person who's just been assaulted. And it's like, that's a, that's a tough skill, right? That can be, that can be challenging. There's a lot of torn emotions going back and forth. And then I'll just give you a, you know, a quick example, right? It's like, here's the thing. You talk about empathy. You might go to a call where like someone's calling you because their neighbor's dog pooped on their lawn. Now, you just came from a shooting or something, right? You're like, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I entertaining this call? Now, when I show up to that call, though, I have to re reframe myself. I have to remind myself, in this person's world, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. Like, they're going nuts. <laughs> they are just like, they're going crazy. They can't believe this is happening to them. How dare that neighbor do that to them? And so... Like again, it goes back to it goes back to empathy. It taught me a lot about empathy, and it taught it taught me a lot about, you know, um, you don't really know what's going on in someone's life. You know, you really don't. And 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 for them, that person again, that could be the biggest travesty in their life. Even though we all know that if you're just zooming out and looking on the outside, it's like, come on, it's not a big deal. And so you have to treat that person with compassion and kindness too, because I was, you know, I think they actually didn't get the skills that some of us got. They weren't taught those skills of coping or they weren't taught those skills that blaming complaining is probably not the best idea. There's probably other avenues. And so you actually have to have compassion for them and uh, feel sorry for them. So yeah, it taught me a lot. Yeah, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing all of that. You're absolutely right. I mean, the same thing goes as a nurse, right? I think about 
my past experience, what actually got me into nursing was when my grandfather passed away at home and we had the palliative response team in the home and he just had a beautiful crossing over. I was there to support him with some of his care. It's like, that's what got me into nursing was to actually help people at that point. But the here's the biggest thing is reading the dynamics of the room and the family and the individual who's on that process of crossing over. And that's absolutely a skill that I knew that I had at a young age was to be able to come into a room, read the dynamics just after having come from something else, right? And you really have to kind of like drop down and almost like match what's in the room so that you can communicate, you can uh, be appropriately empathetic in that situation. One thing I just love to remind everybody that everyone, for the most part, there there are absolutely some really bad people in the world, but for every bad person, there's a good person. There's this whole balance thing. And uh, people like Joel and I are really uh, what we consider light workers. We really are here to restore that balance. I might have just labeled you a light worker, whether you knew it or not. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but so you know where I'm going with this, right? You have yeah. to be able to, wh- whatever situation you're in, you have to be able to read the room. And also read the people and know that for the most part, people are really just doing the best that they can and doing what they think is right. And if we're going to go a little bit more broad here, the country is not made up of the government. The country is made up of the people. And I think we need to remind ourselves that we need to be a little bit more empathic. We all have different values. Some of us have had more traumas than others in their lives. So stay in your own lane, keep your judgments to yourself, but continue to do what you think is right. And if you ever took an oath and you have an ethics and a code of conduct that you're supposed to abide by, but you're being told to do something else, you need to critically think about that. And Joel and I have actually made these switches in our careers so that we are still in alignment with what is feeling right in our heart. And not forgetting those oaths of do no harm and support the community and protect the community against a wrongfulness. So because of your background as a police officer, first responder, I have a number of police officers in my family, one of my best friends, military police, you know, done a number of tours in Afghanistan, um, you know, naval intelligence in my family as well. So you guys go through some pretty tough stuff. I have a girlfriend who's a paramedic dealing with PTSD. My heart really goes out to our first responders, especially during these times. And some people really have just kind of like, quote unquote, stuck it out and to better their communities. So thank you to all of you who are still in that system. And also thank you to all of you who are helping to create new systems, like for example, right here with Joel and I. But Joel, how are you maintaining your resilience and psychological wellness during all this? Because as a, as a woman, I found it really hard when I wasn't seeing a lot of men really seeing things similarly to how I was, but now I'm seeing more and more men come up. So I'm just like curious from the male perspective, because women can only fight so hard for so long (laughs) until it starts to impact our cycles. (laughs) So I'm going to answer your question, but because of what you just said, it's funny because, you know, I think again, you know, my wife has been more uh, of a freedom fighter from the beginning. And she, it's funny that you say she's a mama. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I I've always been there too, but um, 
you know, I think, you know, there's just times of like, again, we talk about like fear and just, you know, not, maybe not want to get out of your comfort zone. And I remember maybe like a year and a half and I was just fed up and I said, I'm ripping the bandaid off. And, um, as you know, there's a difference between ripping the bandaid off and doing it from a place of ego. Like you want to say that you're right. And then there's just a difference from like saying, Hey, I want to, I want to share this information because I really do want to give new perspective and I want to change people's lives for the better. So I had to struggle with that. That was a process of course, and having to go through that. But yeah, it's funny you say that like the women, the women are like the the fighters. And I would say, yeah, historically, um, and just from what I've seen and you know, on social media and just some of the people that I follow and connect with, yes, you're hundred percent right. Um, I I have been posting, you know, just recently, and it's true, and it's something that I'm proud of. Like over the last two plus years, I've never backed down. I've never said what I haven't thought. I I've seen media and social media influencers and people with big brands dodge questions and not show up. And honestly, it kind of pisses me off. Like, you know, say what's true, say what's right. And again, every time I've done that, it might've hurt my brand in some respects, but it's also made me align and get closer to people like you and the people that I'm meant to connect with. And so, um, I know that it's, there's all, it's, it's, it's all for purpose, right? So showing up, right? To answer your question, like talking talk about resilience and psychological wellness, um, well, a couple of things. I think, you know, one is I know for me, like I have to move my body. I have to do that every day. I have to do some type of physical workout. Um, you know, there was a time where I was really into like meditation and spending 10 minutes. And there's some times that I still do that, but really just moving the body in some way. And we can even tie that into weight loss because I think people think weight loss, it's just, you know, it's just so ridiculous that they think they have to spend 60 minutes in the gym. They think they have to do all these crazy things and hours and hours of cardio. I will purposely share Instagram stories on a regular basis of me. Hey, here's me in the gym, my own like home gym, by the way, uh, doing a 10 minute workout. And I'm not doing it to brag. I'm not doing it to show like, look at me. I'm so much better. I can just do 10 minutes of workout and my body looks like this has nothing to do with that. It just has to be, it's, I'm trying to show people like if you're doing things right and you, you can, you only need 10 minutes a day, a lot of times. And so I do certain things on a regular basis to change my state by physically moving. I had to have some kind of movement practice and it, you know, yesterday and even today I was on calls a lot. Then I jumped on a podcast with you. And so it literally was probably about 10 minutes. I'm um, sure I've got some biohacks here and there that I can lean on, but that's for the most part, that was it. And so some type of movement practice, I think that's huge. Um, the second thing and that I've really been doing a lot with for psychological wellness specifically, and I talked about this uh, on an interview with Authority Magazine and just talking about journaling and when, you know one of the five ways that journaling can really impact your life, make you more resilient, mindful, and calm. And something that I've been doing a lot lately is fear journaling. And so that is actually where in the mornings, I will wake up and usually, you know, here's a great morning. Today, I, I had an anxious, busy mind. I had a lot of thoughts on my mind. I was in a state of overwhelm. And so really just writing all these thoughts out, getting them out of my head so that they're out of my head and I can label them on a piece of paper. And a lot of times that gives me a lot of clarity and just being able to see like really what's the problem, what's in front of me, what do I need to do? I find that increases my resilience a lot. Um, and then if you want to go into it, another thing I think that's really, really important and something that uh, 
I've seen be very successful, especially over the last two years, has just been uh, doing a lot of subconscious work, you know, really working on the subconscious and doing a lot of reprogramming there because, you know, our thoughts, our limiting beliefs, they are always coming up. They're always trying to sabotage us. And so if I can work on that, I know I'm going to be a stronger person and more resilient. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I love what you said about movement. Um, I, you may or may not know this. Uh, everybody should know about my hobby is a pro athlete. Uh, his name's Gabriel Varga, Bar- six-time pro world champion kickboxer. And he's got a really fun YouTube channel. I recently made a cameo in uh, one of his videos. I do fairly often. I'm usually the camera woman behind the scenes, just so you guys know. Uh, but one of the things that he shared in a recent video was really great. It's like, just move when you can. Like what you're saying about 10 minutes, it's like, do 10 minutes of jumping jacks or skipping or just like get get something in so that you're moving throughout the day. Because one of the things that is impacting our ability to be psychologically well is all of the stagnant energy that your body has to extend, expand, like get rid of, right? Yeah. And so I love that you mentioned that, just adding the movement in whenever you can. And what you're talking about with fear journaling is actually shadow work. Have you heard that term before? I have. I have, That's exactly uh, what that is. So you're you're basically writing it down. You're bringing in your fears into your awareness, things that make you scared, things that make you fearful, things that are elements of yourself that may be construed as good or bad. Uh, like say, for example, like fame and money and and greed and envy. It's like, what are these aspects of yourself that you maybe don't like about yourself? Write it down, integrate it, understand it as to maybe why and then you're kind of shedding light on it and then it doesn't become something that's running the show in the subconscious dr carl young is probably one of the leaders in the space you're nodding i know you know who that is so but also triggers so news social media those are huge triggers for me and when i start my day off with that stuff it just like puts me down into a spiral it's like oh great more ish happening in the world right as opposed to taking the time to go within, maybe write down a dream you had. What does it mean? In my dream, I was playing hockey. (laughs) (laughs) My dream was I was playing hockey and I was kicking butt and all this because I I grew up playing hockey and and in my um, university years, I'd get free ice time and stuff like that, which is super fun. Super masculine, like behind the scenes, but really feminine in my business. So it's, it's really cool when you can find these ways to sort of like balance those divine masculine and feminine and shadow qualities. So I'm really happy to hear you doing that. I think there's a great book too. And I think it's called Tools that talks a lot about the shadow work. So if cool. your listeners want to go check that out, I remember reading the book and thinking, oh my God, like this is, this, this book was just as valuable as like an, a thousand dollar certification I had done. So um, I forget who the author was. It was it starts with a P, I think, Paul or something. But anyways, check that out. It's called Tools. Cool. I'll definitely be checking that out. I love doing shadow work. It's and when you run a business, you're entre- you're an entrepreneur, you end up doing a lot. Like say you're just say you're a first responder and you're pivoting into the online space and all that stuff. A lot of people here are. A lot of doctors and nurses follow the show here that work with me one-on-one for skin stuff. They join my skin camp programs or I give them practice consulting tips to help them optimize their practice in clinic mm-hmm. and online. Love doing that stuff. But we have to do things in a way that feels right for us and gives us that deep sense of satisfaction so that we're not like running the, the we're not on the rat 
we all, and sometimes we do have to reprogram things so that we can have that beautiful work balance, um, love, relationship, sex, you know, all of that. We have to really balance that all. Yeah. So I kind of noticed this, that everyone in the biohacking space is like, weight loss or intermittent fasting or sleep expert. Um, There's a lot of that we're really seeing this uptick of new healers coming out and a lot of them actually are biohackers and, and private health coaches. Now in the US, I find that uh, Americans are a lot more receptive to paying for this type of information, a lot more so than Canadians, Canadians are a little bit more dependent on the public system, which is crumbling miserably. Unfortunately, really uh, having, oh yeah. Having seen it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you a story. When I actually first graduated nursing school, I was on a med surge unit and brand new nurses were given six acute clients. To me, I could just see that it's just a recipe for disaster for mistakes and things like that. And now tons of people have been let go. Like, tell me how that was in an effort for health. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, We were already short staffed and then all of this stuff happened, which just it does not make any sense. I like things to make sense and we've forgotten (laughs) how to use our critical thinking and common sense. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone seems to be marketing like a weight loss program and all of this, but in your opinion, how can we really tailor weight loss programs to slow our aging? And also how is your weight loss program different than most programs out there? Well, I think, you know, here's the thing, right? I think most weight loss coaches or programs, and again, I don't know all these people, so I'm speaking in generalities, just know that. But I think most people, you know, I I always tell people I'm like the opposite of every weight loss coach you've ever met because most weight loss coaches are going to talk to you about counting calories, macro counting, uh, working out and calories in calories out 3,500 calories equals a pound. I could care less about any of that crap. And matter of fact, I think a lot of it is just stupid (laughs) because here's the deal. Most of the clients and the people that I work with, these are busy people. They're, these are these are people that are in the trenches, right? They're working hard. They have a mortgage. They have a family. They they don't have the time. That's the thing I hear all the time is, I don't have the time, Joel, to dedicate to meal prep, to work out. I was just on a phone call the other night with a, with a woman. And she was, I was like, you know, what's one of the biggest things? She's like, time. And she goes, I really hope your program isn't about macro counting. And I'm like, not even close. Don't worry. And she goes, good. Because in the past, she said that actually worked for me. However, she has two children right now. And she's like, I would be doing that. And meanwhile, my husband and the kids are eating dinner at the table and I'm over here at the counter, you know, spending 30 minutes dividing things and weighing things. And I'm like, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's not a way to live. It's not sustainable. Now, by the way, people might, might be listening right now and they want to attack me, right? I'm sure your husband, by the way, does macro counting because he's a professional athlete. Like he probably needs to macro count. Like that's actually a good thing for someone like him, bodybuilders and a lot of these people. But again, in general, in general, the people that I see when they want to lose weight, it has nothing to do with all that stuff, right? A lot of it, believe it or not, is mindset, beliefs. All these things are showing up. I, I just read this fascinating book called The Emotion Code, and I interviewed the, the author, Dr. Bradley uh, Nelson, and he talks about you know how do these trapped emotions, right, that get lodged in our body cause physical ailments, right? And he has this... This quote in the book where he says, you know, most 
I'm, I'm sorry, all of his patients that he treated for cancer had a trapped emotion. And so I, I do a lot of subconscious work, a lot of mindset stuff with my clients, values, affirmations, clarity work, because a lot of them don't have it. And then they could treat my program just like anybody else's program. It'll work great for eight weeks, like any crash diet, like any Weight Watcher program. They'll do great, and then they'll go back to their old selves. And I don't want that to happen. So I do a lot on mindset. I think another unique thing that we do is, you know, I really look at the body from a holistic sense, right? Just with my background being an integrative health practitioner and really like functional medicine, right? Studying under different naturopaths. And so I really look at the body in that sense. And so, you know, (laughs) the example I'm thinking of is like, I, one of my, I've had three clients in the last year that had H. pylori infections. Well, I have one client right now who has diverticulitis. Okay. What weight loss coach is going to help that person and tell her, Hey, you need to eat more calories, bro, or work out more. Like it's not going to happen. Like her gut is inflamed, right? People have parasite issues. They have toxicity issues. Like they're not going to lose weight from going to the gym more and eating less. So these are some of the underlying root cause issues that I really like to dive into with my clients. But again, one of the big things that I don't see a lot of people doing, and I think it's really crucial is detoxing the liver. I think the liver is so valuable and we don't even understand that like we are being bombarded by like 83,000 man-made chemicals every year toxicities, parabens, you know, this, you know, Rachel with the skincare world. I mean, we're being bombarded by this, these uh, xeno um, estrogens, the vegetable oils in our food, all these things, all these toxicities, right? When the liver gets backed up, we see a host of, of health issues, right? And so if we can help decongest the liver, we can really help rebalance hormones, clear out a lot of inflammation, that body adipose tissue, eliminate food sensitivities. Um, I see it help with cortisol, which is going to help with sleep. And, you know, a lot of people that don't sleep well, well, guess what? They're going to have a more difficult time losing weight. Those are awesome points that you just dropped. You really went to places I wasn't expecting you to go to. And this is great. That really does help to set you apart with your, you know, focus on weight loss and weight management, but you're also bringing in the integrative approach, which is really, really key. Um, And so in your experience with your clients, how can we achieve a healthy weight and weight management despite having other chronic health issues running in the background? I think, I don't know what the statistic of comorbidities is in the um, primarily U.S. population. I'm sure you have some insights into this, but you know, we do have things trapped in our body, trapped emotions to counteract that. There's emotional freedom technique or tapping. Those are helpful. Um, traditional talk therapy. I have not been a fan of traditional talk therapy in all honesty. I do a lot of more like deeper work, uh, more spiritual, more esoteric with the psychological development spin alongside it. So I'm just like curious how you're helping your clients that have other chronic stuff running in the background. So it's, it's funny, you know, one of the, so you, when we started this, when we started this podcast, we did that intentional, you know, grounding exercise. And so it's, it's interesting. One of the, I remember one of my clients that was, that's one of the first things I do too, actually, when we meet with them is some kind of grounding or some kind of setting the intention. Right. And, and really starting from there. And I remember having a client say, Oh my God, like I was not expecting this, right? Like this was not 
this is not what I'm expecting. Yeah, you're expecting me to talk about macros and calories and all this stuff. It's like, no, like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go there, right? So I think a big one big thing, right, is limiting beliefs. Like you're not gonna lose weight if you've got years and years of thinking that you're fat, it's never gonna happen for you. It's impossible. Like you're just playing that out in the real world. We all have these limiting beliefs. I always tell clients, like one of my big limiting beliefs is like, am I good enough? Right. And I have to, I have to really work through that. I have to do a lot of subconscious work. And because if I don't, then I'm going to start living the concept that I have in my brain. I gave this talk at the biohacking Congress last year. And I, I, the, the talk was called the pandemic proof playbook. You would have loved it. And I, I talk about how the, the idea of social programming, right. And how we are programmed. We don't even realize it. And the example I give is with this, you know, from a simple form back in the eighties, when they had like these Theraflu commercials, right. It's like, you're going to get sick every winter. It's getting dark and cold and steamy. You better open a Theraflu. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's funny now, like when you're looking at it, but it's like, tie that into like, what's going on now? Like, you're going to get sick. Don't open an Amazon package. You might get like, imagine that fear going through your head. Like, of course you're going to get sick. You're going to manifest some of these symptoms. Like it's just going to happen. Right. They did a study though, showing fleas in a, in a jar. And, and what they did is they put a whole bunch of fleas in a jar and then they put a top over it. And so I think they did it for like three days. And so the, the fleas are jumping up and down, right, for like three days. Now, the fleas, by the way, they can easily jump over this jar. Of course, not with the lid. So then the experimenters, they remove the lid. Now the fleas are allowed to freely jump out. But guess what? They won't. They won't jump over the lid because they've been programmed that this is their life. And so they will only jump to the height of the lid where the lid used to be. And I think that's just a metaphor for our life right? And we don't even real, realize it. You know, one of the things I also do uh, is I'm an electric stim practitioner using a new fit device. Uh, and a lot of biohackers know about new fit through Garrett Salpeter, amazing, amazing human being. And just uh, the, the new fit device is a DC current electric stim device. Guys, if anybody has chronic pain, I mean, it gets some of the most amazing results pre or post surgery. But one of the things I was going to tie in is with neurological disorders, such as like MS, and the newbie gets really, really good results. But my whole point of bringing that up is a lot of clients that I see, like with some of these severe autoimmune conditions or something like MS, right, is their doctor or somebody in life told them, like, this is what you have. You have MS and you're going to have this for the rest of your life. And like, that's the idea. And you just take that on. I don't believe in any of that. For all MS is and fibromyalgia and all these celiac disease, I had a client say, I have celiac disease, Joel. Like, you know, it's just my life. I have diverticulitis. The doctor told me like, that's just what it is. No, no, it's not. There's a root cause issue. It just means there's an imbalance in your body. Once we remove the imbalance, your body knows how to heal. And so I think that's the big difference, right? Is really reprogramming, really reprogramming some of those limiting beliefs. I love that you said that because not too long ago, I actually did 
uh, beauty, radiance, healthy aging mindset masterclass. It's for free here on the podcast and the YouTube channel. You guys should all listen to it. But I did actually talk about that. The fact that we cannot say my acne, my melasma, my fine lines, wrinkles, my saggy jawline, my hooded eyelids, my hair loss, right? We can't say my, it's basically just kind of like a piece right now that's in play. So when you kind of make that psychological detachment to some of those types of conditions, it's going to allow, even just through your words, um, it's going to make space for improvements. We don't want to be reinforcing, you know, diagnoses and things like that, that could just be like life wrenching and, and life changing. So I just encourage you to all just kind of like catch yourself when you say like, oh, my high blood pressure, my busted hip, my buggered knee kind of thing, right? Just like focus on your wordplay a little bit. You mentioned something really, really cool about detoxification. So uh, when I'm on the show here, I'm usually drinking something. I'm drinking some matcha, organic matcha tea. I love my matcha. But other times I'm drinking something that's yellow. And that is actually a supplement to support liver detoxification, which then helps to support healthy hormone metabolism. And this is great for the ladies and for the gents. So if you need any of those types of supplements to support your hormone, support your hormones, detoxification, enhance your skin aging journey, just shoot me an email info at rachelvarga.ca. One of my friends this morning, she's uh, Trina from Primal Life. I was listening to one of her live streams today and she was talking about Big Cosmo. So you guys have heard of like Big Food, Big P, all this stuff, Big G, but there's a new one on the block now. It's called Big Cosmo. All of these beauty products are making people sick, right? Mm. Skincare products, personal care products. So when I make recommendations for my clients in one-on-one calls and also in my e-store, I do my best to make sure they're always free of parabens, salate, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances, not tested on animals, and that they actually work for mature skin needs. You can use super clean pot products all you want, but you also want them to be safe and efficacious. And don't always trust people when they say that something is safe and effective. You always want to make sure that there's third-party independent lab testing, and then it's been on the market for a good seven or eight years before you subject yourself to it. So a lot of the products I work with, about 13 different brands, I've used with my clients since 2011, and I see what they keep coming back for, but my recommendations are always evolving. I love that you also mentioned that you spoke at the Biohacking Congress. I was actually invited to speak there with my co-host, Uh, of the beauty and the biohacker podcast my second show katie moore and we were so pumped to go but just with like the travel nonsense stuff it would have been so cool to meet you so it's like this is how i'm adding this layer of joy and human connection is through the podcast so if you think you're getting a lot out of it (laughs) uh, i'm getting more i've done about 180 interviews now what do you what do you get out of conversations like this with your podcast too that's a good question. Wow. I think I think on a simple level, I mean, from a humble level, I'm always amazed at what I don't know. So I'm just always learning from from my guests and I just always appreciate that. Um I think the other thing is really what you said, it's just that level of connection and I'm just I'm just always amazed at um 
you know, I've been lucky to just like you to have some, some pretty like big guests on the show. And I'm just amazed at just, I think how down to earth they are and just giving and, and it's just like, what a, wow. I just, what an amazing conversation I just had with this person who was just so giving a prolific author or whatever. Right. And yeah, I, I think that just blows me away. What, what you said, it's just the, the connection and really um, I'll walk away. I had a couple of podcasts just recently where I just, I walked away and I like took off my headphones and I'm just like, man, like I, I felt like alive. Like I just felt like rejuvenated. Like this person just gave me all this energy, man. Like that was, and now I get to share that with the world. Like that's pretty cool. So I'm always, I think a sense of gratitude that these people will take some time out of my, their day to, uh, you know, they're busy people and they're going to spend an hour with me to, uh, for me to berate them with questions. Right. And, uh, and they're more than, than willing to do it and cut out some time. So that, that's always a real humbling experience, I think. Yeah. And I think that one of the best ways I learn, I'm part of a number of different organizations. Uh, CCCA is one of them. Uh, look that one up where weekly we're meeting with scientists from pretty much across the globe. So you have myself as a double board certified nurse. We have all sorts of different uh, experts in their field, members of the community, members of government, um, RCMP police, first responders, everybody coming together and sharing what they're feeling right now, what they're observing in their community, thoughts, concerns, suggestions. Um, and really this explosion of knowledge, we really are in the age of information. This is what can happen with, say, weekly scientific roundtables and public town halls. So I've been on the phone for the last two weeks with my local MLN MPs wanting to employ making the space to have more of these public town halls not hosted by the media. Our countries are run by the people. Our countries are not the government. And we really need to um, be active as much as we can in this case so that we do no harm and we're doing the most that we can to support one another. And that's also kind of what we feel when we're hosting a podcast is we're really learning from people that are a lot smarter than us in a topic. And then we think of something in maybe a different way than they've ever thought of. And then it allows them to innovate. Someone like Naveen Jain, the founder of Viome, he knew nothing about genetics, epigenetics, gut health. So he was the new kid on the block talking about health optimization through different gut testing and all of that. You can learn more about the Viome uh, health test, health intelligence test, where I actually tested my biological versus chronological age. I'm nine years younger than my chronological age. You can get that at rachelbarka.ca forward slash favorites. But this is, he's an example of someone who didn't really know much about a field, but realized that there was room for opportunity to learn more of. And so that's why these roundtables and town halls uh, are so important. And I'm sure in your local community that you lived in your whole life, if that had happened, you may not have felt like you needed to move to then be around people that are on kind of like the same wavelength as you. I almost feel like podcasts are kind of like this a little bit because yeah. we have the opportunity to have live comments come through and I see what people write as questions and it gets my wheels turning. So this is, this is how we learn now. I'd love for you to expand on that. 
just on the t- on the topic of just connection and just kind of that idea of yeah like do you think that maybe you wouldn't have felt the need to relocate your entire family if where you were living you were able to voice things that are important to you and especially things that you know with your clients are important for their health and wellness yeah rachel i mean it's such a yeah i i mean here's the thing too it's Wow, if if I could have had that conversation with people, and that's the key, it would have been a conversation, not an argument, right? Like if there was a if there was a forum where we could just meet and be able to freely share, you know, information, or you know, in, in just a simple sense, right? Like I know one of the big things is right now the Joe Rogan podcast, right? Everybody wants to like censor, but you know, I think a lot of people are making some good points. It's like, well if another doctor disagrees with the doctors that were on Joe Rogan's podcast, why don't we just have an open free debate and not, not, it doesn't have to be antagonistic. It's just sharing information. I think everybody should just get as much information from all sides and then make a real educated decision versus whereas, you know, you and I both know, I mean, we're both in the health world. I've been shadow banned and I've had things banned for, you know, saying certain things and, it's wrong. It's honestly, it's, it's criminal. It's wrong. And, and it shouldn't be that way. Um, so you, you're hundred percent right. Um, I can think of a moment, you know, when in California, when I was at a park with my kids and, um, I was with another, uh, so this is, this is actually an interesting story. So I, I connected, talk about connection. I connected and met someone, um, because, you know, we, we shared some of the same beliefs and though the reason I knew that we shared some of those same beliefs and, and again, this is not to be controversial, but we're the only two people in the park, not wearing a mask. And so that literally we were the only two people. And so that's how we connected. We were like, Hey, like, you know, maybe we should talk. Like, you clearly you have some interesting ideas, right? So anyways, we're talking. So he, this person ended up becoming my best friend, believe it or not. And this same person we found out, we're like, Hey, we're moving to Idaho. Like in, you know, July or whatever. And he's like, me too. And so, uh, it was really serendipitous. You talk about connection that would have never happened. Had we not let, had, had he and I and our families, you know, wives and kids not stepped into who we said we are and lived in our values instead of living from a place of purpose and passion instead of a place of fear. So had we not done that, we would have never connected. Now on that same note, one of the days in the park, an individual came up to us and, you know, wanted to, Essentially, pick a fight. Like, you know, why are you guys not wearing a mask? Like, this is crazy. You know, you're putting everybody in danger. And, and like, listen, man. Like, we we even we we told them like, would you, would I really want to put every, if I really truly believe I was putting people in danger? You think I would do that? Like, heck no. Like, I got love for my fellow mankind. Like, I would never do anything like that to really jeopardize someone's health. Right? Like, that's just crazy. Like, if I really believe that, right? Now, clearly, we have a difference in opinion, and it's fine. And so we even offered this person, we said, Hey, listen, um, there's a lot to talk about here. Why don't we schedule a time to like get a cup of coffee? I'm sure like we would get, I'm sure like we would get a lot further there than like having this kind of, you know, acrimonious, you know, debate in the park. And he responded in, in his, instead of taking that, 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 that offer, he responded by saying, uh, screw you just put on a mask. He didn't say screw you. He said something else, by the way. And so again, yeah, it would have been really nice to just been able to have a a conversation with this person because I think 
that would have been the key. That would have been the key to really getting further, right? And you can't have that. You can't have that kind of dialogue um, when it's not. It's not. It's not made appropriate. It's not made available, right? And that that's that's sad, unfortunately. And now for this person, right? Let's just go back to why he responded that way. He's he he's probably legitimately scared. It's probably a lot of fear going on, and so he he didn't know how to react any other way, and that was how he reacted. And it it's saddening though that he and many other individuals are just drenched in this fear, and so that's that's how some that's how that's some of the reactions that you know we see. Oh yeah, I completely hear you. Um, one of the things, because you brought up the face coverings, which actually have been used in certain situations as a torture device, like a kid, you know, Guantanamo <laughs> Bay kind of stuff. Um, there's a time and a place for them. Like, trust me, with every medical procedure yeah. I did, I, I wore one, no problem. Um, and, and that's fine because there is a time and a place for them, but like, outside breathing fresh air come on like show me information otherwise by all means i'm like i said i'm reaching out to my mlas my mps i'm asking like please give me information to support these things please and it's just there's no response um because i, I do have a very scientific mind i want to be able to see the data to make sure that these things are supported so there's a little disobedience happening right now. And I've, uh, and, you know, teach their own. That's, that's your, that's your right. So here's the thing. When we cover our face, guess what the face emits? Your face actually emits a lot of light. I've looked into um, quite extensively into Kirlon photography and the human biofield. I actually have a device just over there that I can put my fingertips into, and it actually detects the Corona Photona discharge from my fingers because we literally have little like lightning bolts that come off our fingers and martial artists actually have more of it. It's like this whole like focusing on your life force kind of thing. It's like, it's pretty cool. Anyways, the, um, the Corona photon discharge actually gets extrapolated into this device. It's Russian technology, then into a computer program that actually gives you a readout as to what these different points, um, impact and, and actually give you a read of your human biofield. This is, uh, but Dr. Beverly Rubick, you can look her up. She's got some fabulous resources online talking about this, how being in the city, your cell phone, your laptop really impacts your human biofield, which is why I do those one to two days a week, four by four off grid days. But the face is also the face and the, the fingertips are the highest emitters of photons from our body. So when we're talking about things like radiance, if you have something covering half your freaking face, how are you supposed to be emitting this light that we actually scientifically give off? It's just crazy. So I can't help but think that there may be an element to wanting to even stifle this in humans because this exchange of radiance and light coming off of our face and through our voice is very powerful. So it's just really important to have these open conversations. It's There's nothing wrong with saying how you feel and doing what you think is right, as long as you're doing it in the highest good for yourself also um, for humans as well. And this is something that literally we're all grappling with right now. And I'm just so grateful for you to share your opinions and, and I hear them, I hear your opinions and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about this stuff publicly and then come together 
and figure out, okay, where's the middle ground here? What is supported? What do we need to say? Okay, maybe this didn't work so so good in the past and was actually causing harm. So really um, living our lives in a way that is not causing harm is really, really key. So Evan, uh, Joel, this is Joel, Evan, this has just been a really cool session and interview with you. I love talking to more guys and stuff like that, like unpacking this stuff, what radiance is and how you're living your lives, supporting your family, supporting yourselves, being that healthy masculine and, and all of that, because the ladies need y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any closing words for our episode here? Man, um, what a, like you said, I mean, what an amazing, um, I think, I think really just ending with, you know, not only gratitude, but I think, you know, the way we started and, and I would like to almost, you know, end with the way we started and finish that way. And, and that is, um, just reminding people, uh, stepping in to your higher self, right. Really aligning with that. Even when it's scary, even when there's some fear being brought up, I have found over the last two years, it, it has been the best decision and now here I am, you know, on your podcast, connecting with you. And, and, and you said it best when you DM me, you said, Hey, new, Hey, I think you said something like, Hey, um, future best friend or something like that. And I was like, like your energy was just like, that's something I would say. Right. And I was like, who is this person? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that is amazing. And you're right. Like, like, I know like one day we'll connect and like, we're going to be friends. Like, and it's just so beautiful. And I feel just really humbled and grateful for that. And so I think that just really reminding people to, you know, lean into that fear when it, when it can be scary and ugly. And, uh, there's, you know, on the other side, there's going to be greatness and goodness. Yeah, absolutely. This is actually a pretty remarkable time to be alive. And if you believe in the concept of you chose to be here at this time, y'all got a big mission, y'all got some big shoes to fill. So step into your power, step into what feels right and righteous to you. Um, if anyone tries to gaslight you or make you feel otherwise, or you're just taking charge of your health in maybe a different way than they are, um, the FLCCC protocols are being shared internationally for prevention and early outpatient treatment. So if you haven't heard of that, just take a look at it, see what's being shared internationally to help support you and your family in a way that feels right for you, but just know that there's tons of options now. We know so much about what's going on in the world that we can make some more informed decisions and live our best, brightest, most radiant lives. That's my, my aim and wish and goal for everyone who's tuning into this show is every time you tune in to learn at least something that's going to help support you and really build and optimize your body, mind, spirit, energy so that you can show up as the most vibrant, radiant, most beautiful, gorgeous version of yourself so that you can continue to show up and live your life's work. And don't forget to look at the beauty around you and hearing stories of how, you know, Joel and I connected randomly on a social media comment. I got so many fun internet friends now. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's great. Right. We don't necessarily need to be in the flesh um, because we do have this other way of connecting, which sometimes can be deeper, like spending an hour with Joel and I together. Uh, we might actually get more conversion, uh, you know, talk and exchanges in this type of format than just sitting down for a coffee because we know that people are tuning in. So we want to really get these things off our chest that we think could help support 
um, our fellow humankind during this time. So if any of you have a question, please reach out, send me an email info at rachelvarga.ca and I'm happy to support you. Joel, I have your your website, your social media handles in the links of this episode, but please share with everybody how they can work with you and how you can continue to support them in their journey of looking after their physical aspect of their body with weight management, but also the mindset stuff too. How can people work with you? Yeah, the best way is, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm pretty active there. It's really me. I'm not a bot. So uh, at Joel Evan Coaching, and um, that's probably the best way. Otherwise, shoot me an email, info at joelevancoaching.com, and I can help you guys and connect with you there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your light, your radiance, your way of supporting uh, those around you. Your clients are really lucky to have you. And I look forward to being on your show as well. Why don't you tell everybody the name of your podcast and where they can tune in and what your show's about? Yeah, the Hack Life podcast. uh, It's all on all the major channels. You know, kind of like Rachel, I like to interview really a lot of people that are doing disruptive things in the health and not just the health world, but like even like, you know, I think mastery, mindset, like, who are these people? I've had some great um, people like uh, Xander Fryer we were talking about, uh, the coach of coaches. And I've had uh, James Altucher. You know, he's a you know, pretty well-known author and talking a lot about, like, mindset and mastery um, tips. And so I, I always think, like, if these people are out here that can just make us, like, 1% better, like you said earlier, like, if we can connect and we can just get one thing and get 1% better every day, like, that's going to compound into, like, a pretty a pretty big year. And so those are the kind of people I like to have on the podcast and, and share with the world. People that are doing something different that you're not hearing on the mainstream media, right? Yeah, I live a little bit dangerously, which means outside of the cookie cutter norm, which is going to allow for probably some really cool expansion and experiences that you might not have been programmed to experience. So thank you everyone for joining us here on the Rachel Varga podcast. It's great to be hanging out with you all. Be sure to subscribe and also on the Rachel Varga YouTube channel, hit the bell so that you know when new episodes and live episodes are dropped. Be sure to get on my newsletter at rachelvarga.ca so you get my live stream schedule and join me on the next episode right here on the Rachel Varga podcast.